I put together an updated live launch workshop where I am walking you through how to thrive with launches in 2022 in this climate and this environment now. And if you're interested in participating in that workshop, it's absolutely free. You can go to www.thelivelaunch.com forward slash workshop. Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. All right, welcome back. This is the Kelly Road Show, and I have with me the fabulous Nicole Harlow today. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Kelly. Happy to Excited be here. Excited to have you on. Uh, we are going to talk about all things branding, how to create a knockout standout brand, and some of the cool things that you're up to with your marketing agency and kind of what you're seeing out there on the highways and the byways. But first of all, why don't we just like give everyone the, the quick and dirty introduction? Who is Nicole Harlow? How did you get into this work? Um, you know, let's talk it out. Okay. So I have to, so a surprise for you, Kelly, that I haven't shared with you that I wanted to share with you now is I am a Philly girl and oh, okay. yeah, and I love hearing your background story because it kind of mirrors mine in some ways. So I grew up in uh, the Northeast in Philly in a bad neighborhood in uh, the kind of neighborhood where, and you know this, like where a lot of kids hardly get out of high school, let alone mm -hmm. get into college. Yeah. So that was my background. My parents were teenagers when they had me. So I didn't have this mirrored at all. The, the Every piece of my life that I have right now, I didn't see mirrored by anybody. Yeah. I had a library card. You yeah. know, I'm old enough. I can age myself to say I was back in the day where we didn't have internet really. And most of my kind of childhood formative years were going out and getting books and yeah learning about it. And, and, but I remember even from a, you know, I didn't want to bring it back to my childhood, but because we had that Philly connection, I was like, yeah. I have to take it all the way back this time yeah. <laughs> to that. So um, I knew from a very young age that I had lots of ideas and I've always been somebody to have business ideas and be really excited about like creating the creative spark. You know, I guess I would say the creative spark and Flash forward to my 20s and my kind of mid to, to late 20s, I started, I, I felt like I was unemployable. That's what I used to call myself, unemployable. <laughs> my bosses didn't think so. I would get promotions all the time or asked to take promotions and I would always turn them down because I was like, nope, give me the most like low responsibility, put me in the filing cabinet, have me organizing your database because I would have podcasts in my ears nonstop. Mm. I'd have uh, Marie Forleo's B-School back in the day, yeah. Tony Robbins, anything I could do, Ramit, I'll teach you to be rich, anything I could do to like learn how to make this online business thing work. So I've been starting businesses for about, I say, I say starting businesses for about 15 years now. So when I got started in the online world, half of this stuff didn't even exist. Yeah. I had yeah. to teach myself how to do everything from WordPress to, I remember Instagram coming out. I remember mm -hmm. Facebook was just a baby when I was getting yeah. started. Yeah. My first businesses, I advertised on Craigslist. 
to get clients, you know? So I started, um, I threw my hat into lots of different rings, was a yoga teacher, uh, started lots of different businesses. And I think I like to share this part of my story to start off with, because I think a lot of the listeners are just getting started. And sometimes a lot of those things, I'd say 99% of them didn't work, just wasn't the right fit for me. And I remember Kelly listening to you um, talking in, in some of your live events about how you had programs that you put out there that just didn't work, mm -hmm. tried to launch offers that just didn't work. So Girlfriend, I am right there. And I had so many things that just for whatever reason, I couldn't see the bigger picture. Yeah. So I would, I was very good at starting businesses. I loved naming businesses. I loved creating all the assets for them. I loved that very first birthing of an idea. Mm -hmm. And I would not stick with it ever. Mm -hmm. I would, mm -hmm. I would I'd peter out. I would lose all of my like all of my enthusiasm, mm -hmm. I'd get stuck on that next shiny object. I'd be jumping over to the next thing. Mm -hmm. it took me a good decade as a solopreneur, failing, never really making more than probably just living a little bit over the poverty line, having to hustle, doing other waitressing and taking temp yeah. work. So like it took me a decade before I finally realized that branding this is bring it all back to what I do now. Branding was actually where my zone of genius was. Mm -hmm. And it was like that aha moment of like, wait a minute, what if I could, I have lots of ideas, everything in my, whether it's astrology chart or Myers-Briggs or quick start, yeah. everything was lined up for me to be a perfect partner for other people to help them birth their ideas. Mm -hmm. And once I finally got to that part, it was like everything just clicked. It was yeah. like, finally, I'm like, I'm moving in my zone of genius. Yeah. Finally, I can create, help other people create. And then once I'm past that, it's like I get a whole new box of crayons. I love that. I, I, it's so funny. I'm literally, I'm thinking right now of our CMO, Danielle. You probably know Danielle Ceballos, but you know, yeah. she says to me all the time because she is, she is a creative, like a total creative. And her favorite thing is to like, ideate and start things. And she said, that's why she would always go from like job to job, or she started her own company and she wanted to leave because she loves to start and to like ideate and create it. But then she wants to have a team to like pass it to it. Right. It's kind of like branding allows you to be that person for other organizations. And then they can take that idea and run with it. Right. And what was amazing too, about that is it was really, and I like to share this just for, um, for the listeners who are trying out a bunch of different things, you know, and a lot of people feel like they have to get things right from the start, that they even have to start the right business from the start. And sometimes it takes a little while of testing things out and really following that kind of that North Star. But what I found for myself is once I started moving in the zone of genius, um, the next thing that I needed to do was uh, hire implementers. So I would say for anybody who is listening, who kind of resonates with with the message here. And it's like, yeah, I have lots of ideas. Yeah. I, I love to create things. The most powerful thing, the thing that really propelled was if you look back and you see, well, there was a, on all things, whether it was income level or with job satisfaction or the growth of the business, it was when I aligned myself with implementers 
-hmm. that could take my ideas and they could run with them. They could take my ideas that I could start the beginning part of it. And I needed somebody who could be there consistently every day, helping with the follow through. So I can move at a pace ideas and with our clients as well. So yeah, I love that you have that person on your team too. It's just like, I love Yeah. And I think, you know, you're actually bringing up a really important point, I feel for all CEOs, because I think a lot of times people get really burnt in their business and they lose focus and motivation when they're constantly operating in a zone that is not their zone of genius because they haven't identified how to hire people that complement them. Right. And it is an art and a science because there's the self-awareness piece of even understanding yourself well enough to know who you need to be surrounded by at a leadership and at a team implementation level. And then there's going through the process of finding those people and connecting with them and elevating them and getting them in your organization. So I think it's something for all the listeners to really reflect on is like, how are you assembling that circle to allow you to move into your zone of genius, right? Which is a very small, very tiny little fraction. It's um, much smaller than I thought it was. And yeah. every, and I'm sure that you, with your, you have a huge team. So you probably have really honed this in um, even more than myself. But I find that every, every year, every quarter, every six months, I'm like taking another yeah. thing off of my table yeah. and taking another, be like, Oh, I thought that was in my zone of genius. Guess what? It wasn't. My right. my my uh what I actually do in the business is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. I'm I'm peeling off. Even today, just went and we're gonna hire a Facebook ads company. I've yeah. been doing that stuff myself. It's like everything is like a victory. It's like when you have when you can peel that piece <laughs> off and say, Hey, I'm not focusing my energy. My energy is consolidated. And I know yeah. that you're someone who's very um big on lifestyle as well. Yeah to me. And I want to make sure that I would like, you know, most of the things I'm doing in my business to be things that I am good at. And I really enjoy. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I'm just, I'm running in that, like, cause there's so much magnetic energy that gets created there. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's available to everyone, but it, it does take intentionality. I think a lot of people are running so far hard and so fast in so many directions that they're not actually stopping and thinking about what they're doing and why they're doing it and what they actually need to be doing. Um, like I take a day every week that is like a strategy day. Like I probably think probably 15 hours of my work week is thinking. Like legit, like thinking, strategizing and thinking and, and then deciding what I'm going to do about it. Right. It's like, but I think when every moment of every day is in conversation or taking action, it's very hard to discern when it's time to evolve to that next level and start transitioning out what you were doing that made sense in the last season but isn't going to make sense in the next season. And I think it's something really important just to remind everybody that's listening today to like take the time to do that. Right. It's, I actually got chills when you said that because it feel, cause that's, that's the stage that I am presently moving into as a CEO. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, I want to reflect this just because this is where I'm at now. It will come, especially if you have a team of people who are implementing Mm-hmm. And I have an, a unique situation in that, like I run this business with my partner who is in more, I'm more of the strategic CEO visionary side, but he's more of an implementer. And so sometimes mm-hmm. 
our, the visual of what our day to day looks like, it can be very different. He's on the computer oh, yeah. creating things. Whereas I'm like, I'm going to take a drive or yeah. I'm outside and out back in the sun. And it looks like I'm not working. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a huge piece of this entire paradigm. I actually just recorded a podcast episode this weekend on, you know, cause when I have space, I get like created and I'm like, oh, I want to, I'm going to get that down yeah. uh, about redefining your workday. Because what happens is we, we, we leave a corporation to start our own business. And then we still operate as if we're working for a corporation. Totally. Totally. And the, what is required being the CEO of a company where there has to be this umbrella of creativity and ideation, reinvention, idea, like it's just, it requires so much more thinking than executing a role within a company, right? Because a role within the company, because I did that job too, right? Working yeah, for a big yeah. corporation, that requires a really high level of precision and excellence to do it well and to move up in a company at a certain set of tasks, yep. right? Whereas a CEO is looking at the entire umbrella of moving this entity with a thousand moving pieces forward. And it's really taking the time to work in a way that is supportive of you being able to think clearly and strategically. And for most of us, that's not behind the desk. Like, I don't know one idea that I ever had sitting here right? I've had lots of great conversations <laughs> sitting here. I've recorded a lot of great content sitting here, but my big ideas have never once come me sitting at a desk. Yeah. Never. Right? They come walking, so walking, like even as an introverted, uh, I, I can kind of put on the extroversion for sales calls for being the mm -hmm. face of Business, but I am an introvert at heart. And so I'm an introverted thinker. And so how do you, you know, that's the big uh, paradigm shift is like, how do you create that white space in your business? And how do you not feel like this is, this is my big question for myself right now is like, how to a communicate that so everybody knows and b how to not feel guilty when it feels like you're not working when you're actually doing the really important deep thinking work or yeah. even I often do. I mean, I know you're a big reader. I am always reading. Yeah. But it, how does it, it also feels like not work? Well, yeah. So like, here, like, I'll just give you, I'll just give you a little piece of advice that I think will make a big difference for you and for everyone listening. The, the distinction in how we think about taking the space and working creatively to think and to drive our companies forward. The, the best example that I can give is the difference between laying a brick and creating the design plans for mm. like, <laughs> right, for, for think of the most beautiful architectural, you know, being that you love, whether it's the Eiffel Tower, or whether it's, you know, the domes in, in Greece or whatever, like think of the most gorgeous, overwhelmingly stunning, magical, mysterious entity that you can ever think of. Yeah. Action, taking action, which is what we have to do when we're starting our businesses to drive growth, massive action. It is required. That is the truth, right? When people tell you take massive action when you're starting a business, that is absolutely required. And like, I will, I will fight until the day I die. Whoever says you don't have to work hard, you don't have to hustle when you're starting your business. Yes, you do, right? You do, right? But once you're scaling a business and you now want to grow it and you're now running a company, you're not the company, you're running a company. Now you're the person that's creating the engineering 
plans. You're, you're actually doing the drawings behind the scenes, right? You're not laying the brick anymore. So when you quantify the value of laying a brick versus creating the design plan for an architecturally stunning mystery, right? How do you quantify the difference in value between those two things? And that's the difference between you acting as a, the, the operator in your business versus you acting as the engineer, the CEO that is visioning. You know, that's why they call it a visionary, right? We're, we're visionaries because we see the future. We, we uh, think and get creative and imagine the future, and then we go out and create it. That's what a visionary does, right? Yes. Yeah. So, well, let's talk a little bit about your agency. Like, let's talk a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing working really well with branding right now. Like, what are some of the 2022 hot buttons that people should be thinking about? I love this question because the more that I dive deeper into the branding world and the more, so we have a specific niche that we work with. We work within uh, the wellness world. So most of our clients are coming from some kind of wellness business and uh, specifically like functional medicine coaches or chiropractors or health coaches. So um, not to say that we don't work with other people, but that tends to be the, the wheelhouse that we, that we stay in. And that's because my background is in health and wellness. So I did have a few years there. One of my businesses was uh, as a women's health coach. And so I had a brick and mortar clinic. And so a lot of our clients can kind of relate to to that. And I'd say most of the people that we've seen in the last two years who've signed on as clients. So I'll kind of preface this also by saying that while we just do branding, I approach branding with a capital B rather than that people tend to just think about the logo and the, you know, there's tons of graphic designers out there and the graphic design work that we do. Our designers are award-winning and really, really talented. I can say this because I'm not doing the design. Now I have a team that does amazing work. But we approach branding from a bigger perspective. And so when people work with we, with us, we're going through brand strategy, we're figuring out their messaging, we're figuring out their avatar, and I'm aligning that with their, their goals, their life goals, right? Because I think that as much as everything expands and it can feel really overwhelming around like, do I need to be on Instagram? Do I need to be on TikTok? Do I have to be here? Do I have to be there? Uh, the core principles are really simple. And Kelly, I think you do a great job of like both embodying this in your own brand and teaching it too, that like the core principles of being a great marketer or having a great brand, they kind of stay the same no matter what the channel is. You know, we're, we've been exploring um, in our business. You know, I think a lot of businesses kind of can fall into this trap where we got really successful through referrals and strategic partners. So we had about a year and 18 months where we were making loads of money, feeling really successful. Yeah. We were a high ticket service, you know, and so we're like, our minimum spend is $5,000. So people are coming in and most people are spending more than that when they're getting the whole enchilada. So we got fed big fish and uh, I didn't learn how to fish for myself, you know, and it was like, it took feast or famine, you know, as one-to-one -one high ticket service provider mm -hmm. to really go, you know, oh, we have to actually start really living the messaging that we're giving to other people. So how do we find yeah. alliance, you know? So we had to start creating this year and, and a little bit of last year too. We had to start creating our own, really digging into our own pipeline. And this is when I got to live into more of the branding, uh, messaging around authenticity, 
mm-hmm. around how do you show up? Like, I think when we're first getting started, it's really easy to be like, there's a million other people doing this. You know, how does the world need me? How does the world need my voice? But I can mm-hmm. say um, to you, Kelly, that like, because you're from Philly, because of your background, because of how you grew up, when you teach about marketing, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. hear other people. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to share this publicly that like you made a great impression on me around like learning from you because your your vibration, your background, the way you carry yourself, the way your uh, lifestyle, what your lifestyle goals are, mm-hmm. they mesh. And I think mm-hmm. in terms of what I see as a, a branding trend, I think it's not even necessarily a trend. I think it's it's this core concept of like, how do you embody yourself more? How do you like unapologetically show up with all the pieces that Kelly make you uniquely you that make me uniquely me? It's like, how can we show up? How can I show up for my clients having a background in health and wellness and yoga, being able to talk and speak their language, yeah, bring them together with branding. And so I think whether it's a listener here listening to this podcast or a client that comes in and works with us, one of the first places that I like to start is just like, what makes you unique? What, how can we pull out those special characteristics that even mm-hmm. if you're in of other people offering business coaching, health coaching, yeah. life coaching, what makes that one person perfect person? Yeah. Multiple, multiple perfect people. So you have enough yeah. business to be sustainable. Uh, what makes them connect with that message that is uniquely yours? We all have yeah. that brand. And so my job is to help uncover that for people and then turn that into manifest that. And sometimes that's in colors yeah. and logo shapes. And sometimes it's in copywriting and sometimes it's in pixels on a website. Yeah. And, and, but it's how this whole picture comes together holistically of how are you more you? Mm-hmm. Can actually magnetize and really draw in the people so that it, and you know this but probably better than anybody so that the sales calls become yeah. super easy mm-hmm. the call yeah. and you're like wow you're my perfect person yeah and that resonance is happening back and forth because you've done the deep work to put those brand pieces in place whether that mm-hmm. is the visual looking up leveled looking professional yeah highly competent, you know, or if it's the messaging or it's the, the way you teach. Uh, and there's so many different places, you know, everyone, every piece of those is a, another podcast and in itself. But if I can yeah. boil it down, then the principle is timeless. Yeah. And then it's yeah. applied to any platform that you want to be on, you know, yeah. you apply on TikTok and you dance your ass off if you want to, or you apply that through, you know, your one-on-one sales calls that you do, or your flagship program or, the way you offer things. But yeah, I would say long-windedly that branding for me is is the process of becoming more yeah. you and, yeah. and amplifying that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I always say um, consistency wins the day, you know, yeah. and I think that, you know, obviously there's, there's nuance to connecting with your audience and to being in their operating reality. Um, but also, yeah, knowing who you are and knowing what your brand is all about and what your brand stands for and being clear about that message in the market so that the right people can identify with you and, you know, 
raise their hand and say, yeah, like this, this is my person, right? This is my person. Um, no, that's great. I, I love that. So any, uh, any piece of advice or anything that you would want to share with the listeners just in terms of like, as they're thinking about marketing their businesses in the back half of this year, anything key that you would want to share with them? Uh, yes, for sure. And it's the thing that everybody hates and everybody resists. And we all want to jump past, like, even if you've been in business for years, and I'm guilty of this too, I have to say, like, we all want to jump past the deep work. We all want to jump past the avatar exercises, customer journey. Um, Even me, I see that and I go, oh my God, I know this already, right? I can just, I can just jump past this part. And everything from, you know, Kelly, what you teach to what we do with our clients, I would say the most, one of my most important things is don't skip the step where you actually sit down. Like you need uninterrupted time. You need to sit down with pen, paper, like, and you have to think about your ideal client and you have to map out every part of who they are, what they're the deeper kind of like, what's keeping them up at night. What are the parts that they're not saying? Like, what are the subconscious blockages, right? So we know yes. that within a sales role, for example, you can do everything on your end. Like say, I'll take for my, myself, for example, we can do everything on our end to showcase confidence, uh, capability, art, artistry. Um, they can go to our website. They can re- watch the testimonials. They can watch glowing. We can give them as much information. I can nail it in a sales call. And still not get the sale because they have a blockage to investing mm-hmm. in themselves. Mm-hmm. And they are, it's not, they're not questioning our capability. They're questioning their own capability. Well, if mm-hmm. I haven't sat down to map out that part, I will never be able to bust through that objection for them. Yeah. I will never be able to say the right thing, deliver the right resource. And I think we want to jump past that part and just go to, I, I'm just going to put yeah. together my program. I'm just going to start selling my service. And I'm like, yeah. do deep work. Yeah. And, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, we actually just went through this process and we're reworking like all of our customer journeys, all of our funnels, everything on the back end of our business, our language, um, the way that we're positioning things for our launches. It's not a one and done thing, right? It, it evolves as you evolve. And I talk about this all the time. Like it's a process of constantly reinventing yourself. If you think about the person that you were when you started your business versus the person that you are today, I would think and I would hope that that person is very, very different. That person has grown and evolved a lot, right? Which means that the same marketing message, the same conversation, you know, all of that um, shouldn't, should no longer represent your brand, right? And you can very much tell when a business owner has not evolved. And that's, that's the flip side of it because there's a lot of people, I mean, I read a ton of books, you know this, I I read a book a week. So I am like always studying, always reading, always looking to uh, better myself. And I remember, and I won't say the name, but there's someone that I studied when I first was, you know, launching into the world of business. And I remember I was like studying their stuff. And, you know, it was when I was first kind of getting into like the world of personal development and all that stuff. And then like a few years went by and I noticed that the message was still exactly the same. And then a few more years went by and I noticed the message was still exactly the same. And then I started like looking at the stuff and I'm like, this person actually isn't growing. 
And I had to stop. I had to stop like watching and listening to any of their stuff because I was like, this human being is no longer evolving. This human being is the same person they were 15 years ago. And I want to, you want to link arms with someone that's growing and evolving. Your business should grow and evolve with you. Now there's a difference between that and people that are constantly just changing their brand, changing their website, changing their product. That's not healthy because then you can't build positioning in the market, right? Yeah. But I think a good balance of that. see that consistency coming out. Exactly. And that's why I always say consistency wins the day, right? But, yeah. but it's like it, the nuance is like the evolution too, right? Because the nuance like, is the evolution. Yeah. And I hear you talking about like, um, you know, somebody who, who is like in the public space, but isn't involving their message. That like gives me hives just thinking about for years having the same message. Like even when you see like, you know, not naming names, but there are like public figures where like you, you watch their interviews and they're even telling the same stories over and over again. No, like the same stories though from like 15 and 20 years ago. And it's like, what is happening with this person? Right. So that to me is a huge red flag because like, that's like me looking back and still having the same beliefs and ideas and thought processes about everything that I had before I went through 10 years of building a business. How could you possibly go through 10 years of running your company and not have some new perspectives, right? Like, like that's a problem, right? So anyway, it's a great, ah, to think about like being kind of in that, that loop. And I think just in terms of like, you know, people listening will begin getting interviewed on podcasts and going out yeah. into the world. And I think a, for me, a little piece of like advice there is just like, I think it's important as a brand to have some core stories that you, and that you, absolutely know, right? yeah. and you have yours and I have mine, but like how to show up open for an interview too, to be able to like get your own fresh perspectives, even on the fly. Like, oh, I never thought about it like that. You know, it's just like, you can really feel when someone yeah. has done something so much and rehearse their story so much that there's a little lack of authenticity yeah. there. No, I, I, I but totally kind of right. be a little open and a little able to like flow, but also be open to evolving. You know, I want to, sure. I want to yeah. look back five years from now and be like on this interview and be like, Oh, Yes. Baby yes. that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, it was so great having you on the show today. And I would love to invite people to come check out your work and connect with you further. Where is the best place for them to go to learn more? It's uh, brandetterco.com. Uh, they can come and talk to me about branding, podcast production, uh, marketing. And then I'm over a lot on Instagram at brandbetterco. So they can come over there. And that's where it's really pretty. And they can check out our portfolio and all the, the beautiful work that we've done for other brands. So love Very to see. Very cool. Great. Great. Well, it was so awesome chatting with you. I love the conversation. I think it's such a good dialogue and uh, loved having you on the show. So guys, check out everything Nicole's doing. And it was so great to have you here. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.